Hey folks, this is David Post the Matrix. All unsettled. <laughs> oh goodness. Yeah, today is what, the fourteenth uh, of February uh twenty twenty-three. And uh what a day it's been. Good day actually. Um folks, I got a request. Um I have no problem uh, accepting uh, criticism. Uh, I have no problem, especially if it's constructive criticism. And uh, but you know when it comes with a sting in it, when it comes in with condensate, uh, condensation, and a consent. Condemnation. What, babe? Condemnation. Condemnation. Yeah. Uh, when it comes in an air like that, when um, it's insulting, you know, it, it doesn't have a very good flavor to it. And it turns the stomach and then you vomit it up, right? Um, so what I'm trying to get at here. Wow, this is weird. Oh, okay. It's two wires back there. It looks like a back here. It looks like there's a an X that keeps appearing and disappearing. Okay. Anyway, yeah, some uh, Shlemiel got on here uh, on the uh, comment thing this last week, or actually today and yesterday, and um, yeah, it, wasn't, it wasn't a pleasant thing, you know, and um, I, uh, if, if somebody, if, what do they call those people that, that get on and, um, not frogs, Oh, I don't know. They they get on there and they make comments and they have no really basis to their comments and stuff. Anyway, I had one of those today and um, I wasn't in the mood to put up with it and I kind of answered them back. And um, but uh, yeah, it's all in the pitch, folks. It's all in the delivery. And if you want to get a point across to me, um, Scott, <laughs> um. Deliver it with kindness, okay? Deliver it so that it, it'll be accepted and um, it, it, I can mull on it and uh, try to figure out if you've got a, a valid point, you know. But uh, when you're a troll and you, you get in there and do stuff, and you can always tell the trolls, folks, I tell you, everyone that's given me a problem or written something uh, nasty or something uh, unpleasant, um, I go to, I, I click on their name and see if they have a channel of their own or a, a, a show of their own. Not one of them, zero, has a show. Nobody knows what it's like to put on one of these shows. Nobody knows uh, how aggravating it could be when things go wrong. And that's what happened the other day. You know, Brian was having trouble getting on the show and um, had to leave early. And, um, you know, because his connection was funky and... Um, so, and then, you know, you get some Shlemiel getting on there and saying some stuff like like was said. So anyway, if you got something to say, say it, but say it kindly. And I know that 99.999% of you would do that, okay? It's that 0.1% <laughs> that is a real drag in life, on life, you know? But I move on. And uh, people like that, I, I tend to uh, ban them from posting comments. So uh, when he reads my reply and, uh, and answers back, because and, he'll never answer back and say he's sorry. 
he's a narcissist and uh, they never do. They're never sorry about anything. Um, I will other than ban him and then we don't have to put up with him anymore. So, okay. So folks, um, I've been researching UFOs for a real long time. <clears throat> My dad um, researched UFOs when, uh, when I was a little boy, a real little boy. And um, I always wondered, I found out after he died what brought that on. Um, and I, I don't know why, I never asked him. For some reason, I, I just blocked it out, never asked him you know, why he was so interested in UFOs. And I asked my uncle, um, who hung out with him a lot more than I did, because my uncle was only, was only seven years older than me and like a, more like a brother than an uncle. And I said, yeah, I said, bud, why, <laughs> why was dad so interested in UFOs? Why was he willing to accept the criticism and stuff that he got? Um, and he says, oh, that's real easy. He had some kind of encounter up uh, while he was fishing at night in this little lake in northern New Jersey called Wewayanda. And then I knew. I knew why he was so interested in UFOs. Well, anyway, he, he was the kind of guy, back in the early and mid-60s, you didn't really tell people that you were researching UFOs because they, they would, uh, <laughs> if, if need be, call the, the men in the white jackets to come pick you up and put you away. So I remember being a little boy and, and uh, going with my dad early on Saturday mornings when the newsstands opened up in Manhattan. We would drive from New Jersey to Manhattan through the tunnel, you know, Lincoln Tunnel, and then um, over, I think, around 34th Street or something like that. There was a lot of news <clears throat> things over there because the Empire State Building was there. And um, so he would pick up all the UFO magazines and then bring them home. That way the postman could never, you know, say, oh, yeah, this guy's real weird. He gets these magazines, you know. And he used to write the Project Blue Book and try to get, and he did get a few times, get a... Uh, a couple of their things they're probably about that thick and interesting reading but they, you didn't really learn anything from them because they didn't want you to know anything so anyway uh that was my life i grew up with ufos uh, star trek because he was interested in that too and uh, looking at the stars through my uh, telescopes and uh, at little things through microscopes and stuff like that so i had a pretty good education in science and 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 brought that into high school too and and took a lot of the sciences uh, every science basically that they offered i took in high school except for chemistry i i couldn't grasp that very well um anyway so i had a couple of encounters before i was uh before i came to faith in yeshua that were quite interesting uh I don't remember ever being abducted. One of them might have been a maybe or if when I was a lot younger, but um, I can't remember, you know, waking up on the table like a lot of people do and stuff like that, or even an encounter where they try to talk, teach me stuff. I, I don't remember that. And so I'm going to say that it never happened. And I've never gotten the strange feelings that abductees get that something quite isn't quite right. Well, anyway. <clears throat> that night that that happened, I had this this um, fear. <laughs> I couldn't, you know, I saw something in the sky, and I laid down in my bed with the light on and shivered under the covers because I was afraid. And I saw something come into my room. I don't think I ever left with it or anything like that. But um, back then, a childhood imagination, or maybe this is what they wanted me to see, was something that looked like um, uh, maybe a Russian um, astronaut in that kind of uniform, you know. Um, 
nothing gray, nothing reptilian looking, but that, you know, and it's, that's what they wanted me to see because I was interested in the space program. And that's what I saw. Anyway, um, and I'm trying to get to something here, okay, so bear with me, especially you, Scott, if you're watching. Uh, um, so that feeling, that fear that I had kind of always stu stood with me or st stayed with me. And I, uh, so later on, I got born again and uh, came to faith in Yeshua. And um, I was visiting a friend, uh, I had friends that were out of Travis Air Force Base down in uh, Fairfield, California, and I'd visit them quite a bit. Uh, Christians and um, uh, one day we were singing uh, singing hymns I think yeah because my friend Doug played a guitar beautifully by the way and um, so we were singing and uh, I think we had watched a tape on on uh, back masking if I'm not mistaken and uh, yeah it was back masking we listened to a tape he didn't watch tapes back then and um and so I went to use the facilities and I couldn't get there because I felt that fear again, walking up the stairs, almost like trying to walk through an atmosphere of jello. Um, it's the only way I can describe it. Um, you know, you could walk through it, but why? <laughs> so I came downstairs and told my friend about it. We prayed and the thing we could actually, as you prayed, you could actually feel the thing moving up the stairs. And, um, and then he asked me to open up a window in her room. I, I don't think you have to do that. But he, you know, this is what he asked me, and I opened up the window, and we prayed the thing right out the window. So um, anyway, that was interesting. And later on, when I would uh, get these um, almost, uh, I call them mock abduction things. I think it was just to scare me because I was starting to get into this stuff and researching it again, and, um, and from a from a biblical perspective, and um, the powers that be didn't like that, so uh, they tried to scare me away, but it didn't work. And that's when I found out that the name of Yeshua or Jesus, whatever you decide to call him in that in that manner, um, it tends to scare these things away. Okay, it can end an abduction experience real easy, and if you come to faith in Yeshua, it can make it end for for a lifetime. Okay, um, so anyway, I, I, I studied that and. Um, then I started to read more about abductions, uh, not not the beginning of them necessarily, but what happens during them and afterwards and things like that. And I started to see parallels. Um, these things were abducting people for the express reasons. Yes, they, they conducted experiments on them, but I think the reason was, uh, it, and I still do think that um, it was just to... Um, take the sperm from the male and the, uh, the ovum or the egg from the females and uh, which they would use to make um, make hybrids okay because they would inject their own DNA into it too um, so anyway I started reading books and um, started to realize that there were some people out there some uh, psychologists and, and things like that psychiatrists that were hypnotizing people to find out exactly what was going on, what was making this happen. And um, David Jacobs is one of them. David wrote a very good book, and I'm holding it up here. Let's see, I get that thing out of the way. Walking Among Us, the Alien Plan to Control Humanity. Okay. Very good book. I highly recommend it. Um, when you're reading it, some of it seems like it's almost too impossible to be true, but when you put it all together, it's kind of, it, it makes sense. 
So um, his premise is that uh, the alien abduction event happens because they're they're crossbreeding themselves with human beings to make it uh, alien-human hybrids. David uh, Jacobs calls them hubrids, uh, so that they can infiltrate human society and basically take it over after a time. Um, and we see our own government trying to kill us with uh, these injections and uh, poisoning the air and uh, poisoning the food and everything else that's going on. And so you can see that maybe they're, uh, these entities are controlling our uh, our. Uh, I want to say elected officials, but they're not really. Uh, these officials uh, in, in all branches of our government and every other government on Earth. So just keep that in mind when I'm talking tonight, because I think that uh, that's one of the aspects of what's going to happen. I tend to believe that uh, the Antichrist or the Anti-Messiah, whatever name you choose to use, um, is going to be an alien-human hybrid. Um and I base that on one scripture. There are others that I can't remember right now, but um, there's a scripture in Daniel chapter 2. And I've read this, uh, some might say ad nauseum on this radio show, but it goes, um, it goes to prove something, okay? And I think it's pretty interesting. And um, I asked a question, I'll try to prove a point to make Scott happy. Um, <laughs> You're going to hear me saying a lot of stuff like that tonight. Um, Scott's really not my, one of my favorite people right now, but um, you know what? He's him and I'm me and never the twain shall meet. Okay, so the scenario in Daniel chapter 2 is there's this king, Nebuchadnezzar. He was the king of Babylon. He's the king that um, uh, he attacked Jerusalem twice. The first time he took uh, people like Daniel as prisoners and... Uh, and incorporated them into his court, uh, and they, they became wise men, basically, kind of like the wise men you hear about um, in the um, the account of Yeshua being born. Uh, the, the wise men came from the east, and it wasn't three. It was just wise men from the east, okay? Um, anyway, so Daniel and, uh, what is it, Hananiah, uh, I can't remember the three, Meshach, and... Um, I can't remember the third one. Anyway, uh, they, they were all taken to um, to Babylon and trained in the Babylonian arts while they were still adhering to the um, the Hebrew way of doing things, the Jewish way of doing things, or Israeli, whatever you want to call it. Basically, uh, adhering to the Torah and, um, and reading what was up to that point, part of the Tanakh, and... Um, which is the Old Testament, folks. It wasn't all written at then or even fulfilled or anything, but um, it's still a lot of it was written down. And, um, and so they were, they were adept in both uh, both societies. And uh, so anyway, Daniel, uh, anyway, let me get back. Nebuchadnezzar took him on the, in the first incursion where he, um, he sacked Jerusalem, but he didn't destroy Jerusalem that time. Uh, a few years later, uh, the king of uh Judah decided, hey, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pay taxes to Nebuchadnezzar anymore. This stinks, and I'm gonna align myself with the Egyptians, which was a bad mistake because the Egyptians were really an inferior power at the time, um, not quite as strong as the uh, the Babylonians. But you know, the Egyptians had their day, and they were waning, kind of like the United States is today. Um, and uh, the Babylonians were getting stronger, and. Um, 
so the king of Judah said, I'm not going to pay tribute to him anymore. And and sure enough, Nebuchadnezzar came back with his army and um, laid siege to Jerusalem for, for quite a while, actually. I think two or three years, if I'm not mistaken, might have been even longer. And um, finally, he breached the walls and, uh, and got in there and he uh, took the king of uh, Judah. And <clears throat> actually, when he got him back to Babylon... Uh, he, the last thing the guy saw, the king saw of Judah saw was that, uh, his, uh, his sons, uh, were killed. And then, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, uh, put his eyes out <laughs> and he lived as a blind man the rest of his life. Um, so anyway, uh, you got kind of an idea where Daniel came from and that's the scene. And then if you were, if you accepted Nebuchadnezzar at that time, man, he, he did anything for you. You know, it was, it was kind of because uh, uh, Jeremiah was even telling the king of Judah, you know, lay down your arms, surrender to the king of Babylon and everything will be OK. And that's what Yahweh was telling Jeremiah to tell the king. Well, they weren't going to have it. You know, the pride got the best of them and uh, and things happened. Uh, all of his court was put to death and so were his sons and he was blinded. The king was. So um, anyway. So what happened was um, Nebuchadnezzar had a dream, and in the dream there was a big statue, and it was made up of different metals. The head was gold, the breast was um, silver, the midsection was um, bronze. I want to make sure I'm getting my metals right. Yeah, bronze. And the legs, and uh, the two legs and the feet were made of iron, but the toes were made out of iron and clay. Okay, it's, and the iron and clay is a very important thing to remember. So Daniel goes to explain to the king, now, these are what the colors mean, you're the head, um, another kingdom's coming after you, that's going to, the, the Medes and the Persians, that's going to be the, um, he doesn't say Medes and Persians, but he's another kingdom's coming after you, and they'll be the um, the silver chest, and another one's coming, they'll be the center section. And that was the Greeks. And then uh, after that came the Romans. And the Romans eventually split into two factions, um, Orthodox, um, the Eastern Orthodox and, uh, and the Western um, Roman Catholics, um, or the Vatican, he might call them. But um, anyway, so um, where am I going here? Okay. So he says um, something very interesting when he gets down to the, the toes. And um, when I can find it, I will bring it to you. Um, let's see. The king's dream. He explains a dream. The interpretation. Babylon, the first kingdom. Medio Persia. Rome. Uh, he leaves Greece out. I wonder why. Okay. Oh, Medio Persia and Greece. Okay. All righty. So he's talking about Rome, and I'll read. It's only uh, four verses. Um, Daniel 2.40 to 2.43. So 2.40 says, And the fourth kingdom shall be strong as iron, for as much as iron breaketh in pieces, and subdueth all things. And as iron breaketh all these, shall it break into pieces and bruise. In other words, it's enemies. <laughs> um, and whereas thou sawest the feet and toes, part potter's clay and part iron, the kingdom of shall be divided, but there shall be in it of the strength of iron, forasmuch as thou saw iron mixed with miry clay, 
and as the toes and feet were part iron and part clay, so the kings shall be partly strong and partly broken. Then whereas thou saw the iron mixed with miry clay, here's the, here's the clincher, folks, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men, but they shall not cleave to one another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. Okay, very interesting. For they to mingle themselves with the seed of men, they have to be something other than mankind, right? Okay, it's, that explains the whole alien abduction phenomena. It also explains the Nephilims, the Nephilim before the flood, uh, the giants or Nephilim after the flood. Why Peter says that a woman should keep her head covered on account of the angels. And... Um, and why all throughout history, uh, children and women disappeared from time to time. Sometimes they would return as changelings. Uh, looked the same, but not quite the same. Um, and there's a really good book, Caverns, Cauldrons, and Concealed Creatures by Michael Mott. I'm starting to remember stuff, folks. This is really amazing me. Um, so anyway, uh, Michael Mott, and uh, I, I highly recommend it. It's a good book, and I think he's got a new version of it out now from what I read, and he's improved some stuff, and not that it needed improving. I thought it was a very good book. But um, anyway, so you got an idea now of uh, where the alien abduction stuff comes into. And also, you know, this could, um, like I said, it's been going on through all history. They've been mingling themselves with the seed of men. Um, but it's in our current day, it's, uh, it's really applicable in this scripture even is, is more backed up by what's happening today. Now, um, it could also be taken a different way. Okay. And you say, what way is that Dave? Okay. I heard you. Um, it may not be. Or it may be in conjunction with, and I think that both of these are going to come into play. And I'll explain why I think so in a little while. Um, we are watching in society a trend towards uh, artificial intelligence, uh, robotics, androids, um, you name it. You know, there, there's a bunch of different names out there for these, these uh, things. I'm not going to call them beings because they're not. They're machines, and they always will be machines. Um, a while back, uh, there was a an article, um, and even they even showed the the the, the thing, the machine, um, that it's, it was an AI machine, artificial intelligence, and it was actually saying that it had consciousness. In other words, it thought it had a soul. Okay, and that's dangerous when you start hearing that. When when machines start saying they have souls, which really only uh, corporeal creatures possess. Um, that's that's freaky. It really is, and it's not true. But um, but there's an attempt to to meld uh, mankind with machines. Um, it's called transhumanism. That's part of transhumanism, anyway. Uh, some people say that transhumanism is melding man with animals. Well, that could be part of it too. Um, I think the sky's the limit when it comes to science these days and how they how they break the laws of uh, nature. Um, but um, it's uh, it's awful interesting how even Elon Musk has a th um, can't remember the name of it right now, uh, but he's got this thing where they can inject it into the veins. It goes up to your brain, sits on your brain, and uh, basically turns you into a transmitter. Um, and that's freaky too. 
and Elon Musk is totally against it or very much against AI or the abuse of AI. Yet he's doing this. Uh, it doesn't make any sense to me. So it makes me think that maybe Elon Musk is uh, not very uh, his message isn't uh, present with much fidelity when he says that he's afraid of AI when he's mixed up in it anyway. And he's he's even building an Andrew or a robot that uh, is uh, supposed to come close to having a soul or a conscience. And uh, they never will have consciences, but, uh, you know, you got to look at, look at it this way. There's, there's these beings that uh, are the departed, um, departed spirits of the, uh, the Nephilim. They're called demons. And that's, we, we learned that in um, First Enoch, that that's where they came from. There were no demons before the Nephilim were all, all killed each other. But after they did, um, we had demons and uh, demon possession and everything else. So um, if a demon can can reside basically in a tree, because they can, um, if they can reside in inanimate objects, and animate objects like people or animals or, or whatever, um, what's to say that they couldn't enter into a, a robot? Uh, especially one that is designed to have or designed to think for itself, uh, almost be sentient. Okay. Um, what's, what's to stop a demon or demons from inhabiting these things? Okay. And uh, basically it would be the turn of the Nephilim aside from the, um, the uh, creatures that David uh, Jacobs talks about, uh, the hubrids. Um, uh, could it be in society and in, in the future, the hubrids will control the AI? Um, who knows, <laughs> you know, um, but it's an interesting thing to look at, an interesting thing to ponder. Now, we won't have the answers. OK, well, this is going to evolve as time goes along. OK, there's only one person right now that knows what's going on for sure. And it's Yahweh. <laughs> OK, Yeshua. And um, we get the we get the witness prophecy, but we get to witness it happening. And then after it happens, we can say, hey, yeah, that was fulfilled. Kind of like the uh, reestablishment of Israel in 1948. You know, May was it May 15th, 1948. Um, then all of a sudden we realize there's a scripture that talks about that. You know, can a nation be born in a day? And there's a couple more, I do believe. Uh, a lot more, actually, because he talks about reestablishing the Jews in their homeland. Um, so we can see prophecy basically after it happens. OK, we can sometimes see it as it's happening. But then you get into speculation. You get into like the, the Hagee guy talking about the, the blood moons. Oh, yes, the blood moons. Blood, yeah, blood blues this, blood moons that. Um, a, a few, uh, two or three years ago, um, it was the uh, the woman in um, in the zodiac, you know, that the uh, the child would be with the woman, and and that it would be a sign of ushering in things. Well, that didn't go anywhere. Then, if you looked at the pictures, the the the, uh, the star that was supposed to be the child wasn't even in the area of the womb on the woman. It was more like at the feet. And uh, yeah, I don't know. So. It's it's a dangerous thing to be looking at things and saying, hey, this is a fulfillment of prophecy before it's fulfilled. 
Okay. Now we we can. Um, well, actually, no, that wouldn't work because I was thinking of uh, chapter thirty-seven of Ezekiel, talking about the dry bones, uh, uh, being um, reborn basically with sinew and flesh and muscle and everything else. Um, but people didn't know that until after the establishment of Israel. Okay, so anyway, um, interesting thing to think about. So, so we have the Antichrist coming. Um, now, Yeshua left, left in clouds with great glory. And remember the angels when the disciples were looking up? And he says, why are you, they said, why are you marveling at this? Because this Yeshua who just went up from, from you into heaven is going to come back in light mat, like manner. In other words, he's going to, going to come in the clouds. <laughs> okay. Um, so it would not be hard for, for Satan who wants to mimic and copy everything in a, in a um, deceiving manner. Uh, and with uh, evil characters, of course, uh, to make the Antichrist come back in clouds with great glory. Well, I can't think of any better scenario aside from him coming down bodily and landing on the Mount of Olives like Yeshua was supposed to do, uh, which the Antichrist won't do. But um, I can't imagine a better arrival than coming in the clouds in a UFO or maybe a fleet of UFOs and landing in capitals all around the world and coming to solve all the problems that mankind has. Recently, um, this past week actually, uh, it started with a balloon from uh, Red China that was floating over the United States and uh, for some reason, some odd, strange reason, uh, actually the reason is that he's in bed with the communist Chinese, Biden is, um, they didn't shoot down the balloon until it got over water, the Atlantic Ocean. So it had a chance to traverse the whole United States and gain information, beam it back to or broadcast it back to the Chinese. And then they decide to shoot it down. Excuse me. Um, but that was just one thing. OK, now there's been three other objects that have been shot down. Um, right away, by the way, uh, they didn't wait for them to get all the way across the country. Um, and they were all cylindrical, uh, the pilot said, about the size of a car, another pilot said. And one pilot, at least one pilot said there was no visible means of propulsion on this thing. In other words, the balloon, the propulsion was the wind. Okay, <laughs> it blows the balloon. This thing didn't have a balloon, didn't have jet engines, it didn't have propellers or anything else, but it was floating 40,000 feet in the air. And the Air Force shot it down. And then they shot down, let's see, that was a uh, northern, North Alaska. Uh, the second one um, was in the uh, Rockies, I believe, somewhere. And the third one was uh, over one of the Great Lakes. Shot all three of them down. And... A few years ago, I got to tell you this, a few years ago, I did a little study because I used to belong to MUFON and um, I used to get their newsletter. And one of the newsletters that they sent out, which was a blessing to me because I used that man and I still use it. I'm telling you about it today. Um, it talked about when uh, UFO flaps occurred and a flap in, in UFO terminology is when there's a whole bunch of sightings uh, more than usual. Okay. In other words, one year there might be a hundred sightings in the United States, and the next year there's a thousand. Well, that's a flap. 
and flaps usually occur in certain areas too. Uh, one area has been the Hudson Valley of uh, New York. Another one is uh, Gulf Breeze down in that area, um, Florida. Um, so what I found out and what I figured out after doing the research was that every time there was a prophetic thing happening or there was a revival, I guess revivals are prophetic things, um, happening in a church or in an area, UFOs showed up, okay? Um, you heard about Gulf Breeze in Florida, right? That there was UFOs there. Right across the bay was the, was the um, can't remember it. There was a, um, a big revival that was going on across the bay from Gulf Breeze. So here you have the Lord manifesting grace and mercy, and you have the devil trying to upstage it by having a UFO flap across the bay. Um, during World War II, when, uh, when the camps were really uh, cranking up and, and um, murdering so many Jews, a lot of UFO sightings, okay? And well, what does that have to do with prophecy? Well, it has a lot to do with prophecy because it caused, that caused the UN to want to make a homeland for the Jewish people, and that's a fulfillment of prophecy. Um, during the um, intifadas, uh, the Palestinian intifadas, increased UFO activity. Um, during the Six-Day War, increased UFO activity. And that's the year that, uh, 67 is the year that they took Jerusalem. 73, increased US, uh, UFO um, sightings. That was the year that Israel, basically, it was their, their last big war where they were attacked. Um, but it kind of stopped the attacks after that. And um, anyway, so uh, 18, oh, what is it? 1890-something, big flap back then. What happened that year? That year is the year that uh, a Jewish guy uh, created smokeless gunpowder, and it helped the British win um, World War World War One. Yeah, that's right. And what came of that? The Balfour, Balfour Declaration, uh, stating that the Jews should have a homeland. Okay? I mean, every one of the flaps had something to do, all the way up to, I think, 2016. I haven't done anything since then. I really should. Um, but there's so much going on now. Um, but now, there's been more UFO sightings in the last five years than ever before. And now you have the Russians. Uh, well, this is what we're told anyway. I don't know how true it is that uh, they're threatening to use nuclear weapons if they have to in Ukraine if, if, they're, uh, if they're attacked with the same thing. Um, you know, it's, it, the, the, what do they say? The, um, the doomsday clock is at like 19 seconds to midnight, okay? That's, that's pretty close. I think it's one of the closest there's ever been. I think maybe closer was during the Cuban Missile Crisis. Um, and things are getting so out of hand with so many things going around in the world. The Chinese are gearing up. They're going to attack Taiwan. We're going to be involved in that, I do believe. We're probably going to get involved in Europe because Biden's doing everything he can to get us involved over there. He's pushing the Russians to the brink by, um, by giving the Ukrainians uh, money, giving them weapons, tanks. Now they're asking for airplanes, and he's considering that, I do believe. Um, so, you know, he's basically fighting a proxy war 
in Ukraine, and the Russians aren't going to put up with that. And when, I do believe that if he decides to send troops in there in any capacity, uh, there are some advisors there right now or people teaching them how to use weapons, uh, American soldiers, that is. Uh, but if American soldiers get in there in, um, in any uh, other other fashion than that, um, yeah, we're going to be drawn into this thing, and it's going to be NATO versus the uh, the Soviet, or excuse me, the Russians. See, I come from when the Soviet Union was around. <laughs> um, so you know, we got that going. We got uh, I keep wanting to call him Klaus Barbie. Well, same difference. Um, Klaus Schwab with the World Economic Forum wanting to make a one world order. We got the threat of more um, diseases being thrown out at us. Uh, Bill Gates, the great disease man, um, trying to kill off humanity. Then uh, you got Fauci's, and you have uh, all the criminals in the in the U.S. government. <laughs> you know, from the president on down. Uh, it's just a time of vast confusion, vast chaos, vast. Um, we're going to hell in a handbasket. This whole world is, so to speak, and. Um, the world would love for somebody to come in and say, okay, that's enough. Uh, we want you to put your weapons down and you to put your weapons down. We want you to meet in peace, to love each other and stop this foolishness. Now, it's not going to be Yeshua till the end of the revelation, unfortunately, but um, some guy's going to come on the scene and do that. Now, um, picture this picture. You know, this is just my theory. Okay. And got to make sure Scott knows that. <clears throat> Um, you have uh, the world at the brink of destroying itself yet again. And so the these UFOs, these fallen angels in disguise of uh, space aliens come in, in uh, UFOs and, and land everywhere on Earth and basically say, you guys stop it right now or we're going to really deal with you. Well, everybody lays down their arms, right? I think a f- few foolish people will try to fight them, but hey... <laughs> Everybody's got to try, I guess, huh? And sometimes they may win. I don't know. Um, But uh, so the world uh, is basically a peace, a very tenuous peace. And then there's this guy that that orchestrated this whole thing. He brought these space space brothers down with him, you know, and, you know, hey, my name is, um, for lack of better words, Betraya or whatever. And I'm part of one of you guys, you know, and I'm part of them. And I just want peace and I just want everything to I just want you to stop killing each other and hating each other. Well, the world's going to love that. Right. Um, And if he destroys or disables all the nuclear uh, missiles and if he gets the nations to disarm. um, Yeah, he's got the he's he's conquered. And it's interesting because uh, in Revelation 13, it talks about the first horseman. Okay. Um, let's see. I got to find this because it's, uh, it's really applicable. Let's see. Oh, come on. I just looked at it a few minutes ago. The beast from the earth. Okay. I must be in a different chapter. The beast from the sea. Bear with me, folks. It's uh, it's been a long day, a very tiring day. Angel, Mark, Angel. Okay, the woman in Israel. That was the big thing that happened. If you 
couple of years ago. The two witnesses, boy, I'm really getting out of sync here. Okay, let me do this. Four horsemen, right? Four horsemen. All right, it's going to tell me right where it is. Maybe. All right. <laughs> it, none of these descriptions comes right out and talks about it. Okay, let me just hit this. Because this kind of plays into the whole scenario. Okay, I guess it's Revelation 6. All right. All right, let's see. 10, 9, 8, 7. 8, 7, 6. Okay. The first rider on the white horse. Okay. Two verses, folks. 6, 1, and 2 of Revelation. And I saw when the Lamb opened up the seals, and I heard, as it were, a great noise of thunder, one of the four beasts saying, Come and see. And I saw, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him had a bow, and a crown was given unto him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. Look at that again. Let me read it again. And I saw, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat on him had a bow, and a crown was given to him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. What's missing right there? He had a bow, but does it mention arrows? No, it doesn't. He just had a bow. It's a symbol of strength. It could be an economic strength. It could be anything, but it's not war. Okay. And he came and he was conquering and he came to conquer. Okay. So how can you conquer without conquering? Well, I mean, without weapons, you know, well, you have a way to talk. You have a way to speak. You have a kind of like Klaus Schwab at the World Economic Forum. Yes, the world is in peril. Uh, we're in danger from fossil fuels, which is a bunch of horse hockey, by the way. We'll do a show on that soon. Um, there's global warming. We need to we need to all become one. We need to. What is it? Um, He's, uh, let's see, world economic, um, there's a term, I can't remember it right now, but where everybody is on the same page, <clears throat> and there's kumbaya moments all the time, so to speak, and, um, and the rich nations will become poorer, and the poorer nations will become rich, <clears throat> and everybody will be on an equal. And right now we're here, but we'll be on an equal. We'll actually we'll go probably opposite first, and then on equal keel. Um, so this is what he wants to do. <clears throat> okay, <clears throat> so he's making it look like the world is in a crisis, a really bad crisis, so that he can implement uh, the new new green deal. You know, no more gas cars. Everything has to be electric. But he doesn't tell you how the electricity is going to be made because <laughs> a lot of it comes from coal-fired plants, okay, and coal and wood fire. Um, so, you know, they, they have all these good ideas and everything, but it's always, it's going to be, it's going to cost me and you. 
to get it done. It's not going to cost Klaus Schwab, and it's not going to cost the poor people that live in Africa, Asia, and stuff like that. It's going to. It's basically going to be eliminate the middle class. Well, the rich people like that because they without a middle class, there's only rich and poor, right? And the poor people are going to like it because there's no middle class, and they have they're going to see that as a way to be a little richer, a little have a little more uh, in their pockets. Uh-uh, it's not going to happen, okay? So you got this Schlemiel, this actually he's a schmuck over in um, over in Europe that uh, he's a German and he is the third. He's the Fourth Reich, I believe. He's trying to implement the Fourth Reich. And he's going to do it all over again, except instead of conquering like Hitler did with force, he's going to try to conquer with peace, with making the world a better place, with making it good for me and you and everybody else. Won't you be my neighbor? You know, stuff like that. Um, So that's conquering by having a bow, because if Klaus Schwab wanted to, he could he could muster up a lot of force and take over the world by force if he wanted to, but he's not going to do that. It doesn't work. So you fool the people. You kill a bunch of them off by enforce, uh, endorsing a vaccine that's really a murder weapon. And then you spread the disease around so that it kills the people that that took the murder weapon and didn't die. And you spray the sky full of garbage every day so that it rains down on the people and it rains down on the crops and and pollutes everything. And um, you take away their means of transportation. Um, If they're not living close to work, they're going to have to move closer to work. So and most work is in the cities. You can have a mass migration of people from the uh, from the country to the cities and then they can start making ghettos. Okay. This is really the plan, folks. It really is the plan to make ghettos. And and once you have everybody in the city, everybody's controlled because you seal off the city. Remember what the Chinese did? uh, Was it a year and a half, two years ago with uh, Shanghai sealed off the city? They were actually they were actually welding people's doors shut so they couldn't come out of their apartments. They were murdering people and killing people and there's no reason why they did it except to prove that they have control and power it was a model for what klaus schwab is going to do okay just look at china now and klaus schwab is going to implement that worldwide okay so anyway so you have these objects that are in the air they're being shot down by the military um, what if it's, uh, these things are assigned by this cosmic Christ that's going to come, the, the half-breed from, uh, from outer space or, you know, from the other, another dimension or whatever? Um, what if it's a show of force like, hey, we're here and we're going to reveal ourselves really soon and you start shooting them down? Well, <laughs> it's going to hasten very quick. The, uh, the return of, or the, I should say, the first advent of the Antichrist, the last advent, too, because he's only going to have one. Um, so it's, it's all a game, folks. It's all a, um, not a game. It's a, it's a play. It's a scenario. It's all been thought out. It's all been worked out. It, it can be stopped. It really can. Although the time for that is, is really drawn to a close. Okay, um, I, I applaud the patriots in the United States here who 
uh, are fighting against this stuff. Um, I, I applaud if there is such a thing as white hats that are fighting the uh, the deep state. I applaud that, and um, but I'm not I'm not going to bet on it. Okay. I think it is time in in the history of mankind for for the rev, for um, the times of the revelation to happen. It's time for the uh, the tribulation to occur. And it's time uh, pretty soon for believers to go home. Okay. And boy, when you turn on the news in the morning, you see what's going on. When you see that there's transvestites and transsexuals teaching our kids in school. Either that or there's lesbians trying to get a hold of the girls and gays trying to get get a hold of the boys. And... Um, and telling these kids, oh, you know, you're not really a girl, you're a boy. You're not really a boy, you're a girl. You know, and um, getting them all confused about it and stuff like that. I, I thank the Lord up in heaven that our daughters, um, two of them anyway, decided to uh, homeschool. I don't think there's anything better than that. And folks, if you got kids and you have a, a way to homeschool them, do it. If you don't, look at your neighbors. Maybe your neighbors are homeschooling their kids, okay? It's true that there's strength in numbers, and there's, um, there's wealth in numbers, too. And what might cost you a lot of money if you were to do it yourself, if you got together with a neighbor or two neighbors or three neighbors, you could all pull your money, and it, it gets cheaper and cheaper with every family or group of kids that you have in there. You know, please, please get your kids out of these stinking schools they're cesspools of of corruption they really are and they're not doing they're not teaching your kids they're just well they're teaching them all right they're teaching them how to be deviates and uh and that uh they're teaching them that god doesn't exist that uh you that the order uh, that's been for the last six thousand years that there are men and women and men like women and women like men is uh is no good you know um it's the end of days, folks, and we have to do everything to protect our kids and our grandkids. So if you're a grandparent and you're, you're an old teacher or something, you have the ability to homeschool your grandkids. Do it, please. Um, get them out of the cesspool, okay? And please don't send them to college because that just messes them up even more, okay? Oh, boy. I feel like... You know, I don't know what I feel like anymore. Um, so I'm trying to think that if I explained everything that I, I believe uh, 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 is coming with the uh, the anti-Messiah, the anti-Christ, um, this thing that's going to set itself up or is going to be set up in the temple of once it's built, um, that's called the abomination that causes desolation. Um I don't know what it is. I I, I got a feel, strange feeling that it's um, it's going to be some kind of a lo- very large um, robotic or android or um, something like that. Um, the reason I think that is because uh, it says that and uh, the beast gave life to the to the image and and allowed it to and he gave it a voice. He said and. <laughs> And you could take the voice different ways. You could take it to, yes, he speaks, but voice would also be that he has the ability to think and make decisions, okay? Giving him a voice. So, anyway, uh, 
But why would you want to worship an android? Well, maybe because everybody else is an android and you're just, they're the little androids and he's the big one. You know, the way they're they're setting it up with uh, the nanotechnology that they're injecting with the, the shots and um, and different ways that people are getting it. Uh, Elon Musk's little head thing that he's thinking about uh, or that he's actually <laughs> actually working on. Um, these things create a hive mentality. <clears throat> if you listen to Yuval. Um, no, no, I got it wrong. Yeah. Yuval uh, Noah Harari. He's uh Klaus Schwab's, uh, uh, if, if there's an antichrist and a false prophet, those two are it, folks. Um, but he's he's totally talks about uh, the machines taking over, that you can transfer your consciousness into these things, that your your free speech, your will, it will be, someday you won't have a will anymore, um, that anything that you would think is going to be part of a hive mentality. And that's the way the aliens work, by the way, or the fallen angels. Um they seem to have a hive mentality to where what they can all hear each other. Okay. Uh, they use telepathy and stuff. And what one says, all the other ones hear. Well, if you've got this technology in you to where, you know, everybody's got the same technology in them, uh, that, man, imagine thinking, uh, use a scenario here. Um, I hate that guy. Well, that guy's going to hear that. And he's going to know you hate him. And all the people around you are going to know that you hate And Big Brother's going to know that you hate him, too. So if Big Brother ever wants to do away with you, here's a scenario. Big Brother does away with that guy and blames you and has a recording of your thoughts saying that you hate him. Okay, so no free thought, no free will, um, no belief in God. That's going to be a big one. Um, No prayer because God doesn't exist according to them, of course. And um, so it's, the future does not, does not look good, folks. It really doesn't. Um, it's, uh, it's only going to get worse and worse as far as I can see, unless something happens. You know, there's, there's those out there to think that Trump's going to come back and he's going to fight against the, the deep state here in this country and that Nassara and Gessara and stuff like that. Well, if that stuff happens, that's nice, but I'm not, it's, I'm not taking it as gospel. I mean, I would love to have all my debts wiped out and uh, and to get back money for all the money I've paid into the system for the years that I've been alive and I've been working and paying into it. Um, I would love that. I would love to see our, our system backed by gold again and silver and and not by worthless money and that there there would be no more central banks. Oh, man, that would be so nice. No more income tax. Um but if it happens, like I said, it's great. If it doesn't, I won't be surprised. Okay. So anyway, I didn't. I know I didn't paint a good picture here. Let's see. I talked about the Antichrist being a, a hybrid. I talked about the image of the beast. Uh, we talked about Nebuchadnezzar. Okay. I'm just going through it so I don't get any nasty letters. Just kidding. <laughs> Oh, boy. Scott, I really do pray for you that you'll grow up and that you'll become a man and not some little complaining pansy that uses the anonymity of the Internet to get your point across. So, um, 
that's my prayer. And that you come to know Yeshua, too. That would be another nice thing. And if you know him, well, then shame on you because you, you're not bearing good fruit. So anyway, folks, I'm going to go ahead and end it. Uh, we're at the 56-minute uh, mark, and I try not to go over an hour anymore. Sometimes we do, but uh, I'm tired. Um, if you get the inkling and if you have the means to do it and you feel in your heart you're being led to, um, opposed to the matrix is uh, we, we're accepting donations at give, no, gifts, I should say. We're accepting gifts at a thing called Give, Send, Go. It's GiveSendGo.com. And if you list, look for opposing dash the dash matrix, all in small letters, um, that's our, our site there. That's uh, where, where we're taking uh, accepting gifts. Um, no ahead of time. We're not a 501c3, so, uh, you know, there's no tax deduction. Um, and, you know, we, we just, uh, we could use a little help. I've got, uh, for instance, I've got the, the web presence for Delusion Resistance, which is our basically our mother um, part of this uh, whole thing we got here. It started first, and and uh, the, the presence... Uh, is coming up the payment for the presence on the internet is coming up and uh i don't know <laughs> i just don't know and that's like 140 dollars so uh just a bunch of stuff that comes up that uh i'm finding ways to eke here and and to do this and to do that but you know i'm, I'm using up all my options so to speak so um anyway so if you know if, if you find it in your heart and your the lord's tugging on your heart to do something like that uh again uh, give send go.com opposing underscore the underscore matrix is uh where you'll find us on there and uh, any amount would be good folks okay i hate doing this oh my god i hate it folks understand that i grew up in the 70s or became a christian in 79 and I started watching Christian television right about that time, the time that everything soured, the time that Jim and Tammy Baker were revealed for being a lot of different things. Uh, a lot of different preachers were found to be um, charlatans and everything else. But they, they all had one thing in common. They all asked for money. And I hated it. I hated it. Because if they were prospering the way that they should be, then they, they could go with a few donations and really make an impact, but it never stopped. And I've gone to churches where they've had building programs and every week, every message that was given somehow had to do with giving, tithing. Oh, don't get me started on tithing. It is unbiblical, folks. It is unbiblical. And I haven't tithed in years. And, uh, you know, aside from the, the needs for the ministry, you know, we, we can do pretty good. Um, however, you know, the, the need for the ministries many times supersedes a lot of things. Um, but anyway, you know, I, I grew up and as a young Christian watching this and, and hating it. And when I get on here and I say, Hey, if you guys can help out, I feel, I don't feel good about it. I really don't. It bothers me. It really does. And when I was working as a nurse and making a pretty good wage, hey, that was no problem whatsoever. But now that's not happening. I had to basically retire because they wanted to stick that poison in my arm and or else I, you know, they were going to fire me. So, 
retire retirement was and I still can't work because you still have to be jabbed okay so anyway that's where it stands so we sit here on social security and hoping and praying that things work out every month <laughs> so far so good um, but it's it's starting to get tight so anyway enough of my problems um, folks I just pray that you have a wonderful uh, let's see what is today Tuesday uh, we'll be back on Thursday me and well I think it's um, yeah this is my week where I do it alone I do believe yeah it is and um, so I'll have another subject to talk about maybe it'll be tithing <laughs> You want to see me get red-faced and and um, really start talking about stuff? Yeah, that's the subject, okay? So, anyway, um, as always, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to rise upon you and be gracious unto you. May he watch your going out and your coming in, your rising up and your lying down. May he give you the peace that passes all understanding. And if you don't know him, may he lead you to his Father, Father God. Elohim, Eloha, and may you find comfort and peace as you come to know him. And if you know him already, may he bless you in extra special ways that you never thought possible. If you have some kind of addiction, I pray he breaks it in Yeshua's name. If you have a physical ailment, uh, if you had COVID or if you got the shot, I pray that for complete healing and cleansing. Um, if you had, uh, if you have arthritis, I pray for your arthritis that it goes away and is healed by the Lord Yeshua. If you have um, pain in your feet, I pray that Yeshua would heal that and, and that you would have that pain no more. If you have bad knees, bad hips, any kind of joint pain that Lord you, Yahweh would heal that Yeshua's name and just um, may God's people prosper and grow not just in spiritual things which is very important but also in physical things uh, such as health and, and the, the needs that we have every day not the wants necessarily but the needs so in that all those things I pray in Yeshua's holy name. Amen and amen. Folks, you have a wonderful couple of days. We'll, I'll see you on Thursday, or I'll post something on Thursday. And I'm truly trying to work to get this to where we're live. And um, and I probably could work a little harder on it. I think I will, because I want to be able to, if I could get it live on Twitter, and um, there's another one that I joined, uh, that would be wonderful. So pray, and if you you have any advice on how to do how to do that, um, that would be really really awesome. And um, like Rumble, I know I can uh, do um, a live show on Rumble if I paid him a couple of dollars a month, um, but I don't know the mechanics of it. I'm getting older, folks. Like see the gray, and I'm getting the. I don't understand this computer stuff kind of stuff now. Everything's spinning out of control and um, it, the knowledge that is of this stuff. And I just can't follow it anymore. Anyway, so if you know any of that stuff, let me know. Maybe we can work together and make this show better. Okay. So, hey, be blessed and uh, know that Yahweh loves you. And he loved you so much that he died for you. And there's so no sin you can imagine that's stronger than his love. Okay, signing off from Cottage Grove, Oregon. This is the Pose Matrix. Good night, folks. <laughs>